Bismillah walhamdulillah wassalatu wassalam ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa lah amma ba'd Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh How's everybody doing? Alhamdulillah So inshallah ta'ala we're continuing with ayah number 17 in which Allah ta'ala says Ba'da a'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim Inna yawma al-fasli kana miqata Indeed the day of judgment is an appointed time So this ayah is starting a new section after describing all these different evidences of Allah Ta'ala's wahdaniya, of his oneness, of, of his great creation, and really demonstrating uh, that indeed he is in control. Uh, Allah Ta'ala says that indeed the day of judgment is an appointed time. Yom al-Fasl can imply a number of things. Uh, since it comes from a number of root possible verbs, uh, like for example, fasula, yafsulu fusulan, which means to depart or to go away or to remove or to leave, it could mean the day of departure. Right, the day of departure. In other words, after I've described this dunya and everything I made for you and how beautiful it is, you're gonna have to leave. Get used to the idea that this is not gonna last forever. And as much as we might accept this intellectually, people's actions don't reflect those beliefs. You'll find that people live as if they're going to live forever and they act like they're never going to leave. Another root verb is fasara yafsiru, fasran, which means to fix, uh, like to fix prices, for example. So it's the fixed day. In other words, miqat, it's appointed, it's fixed. Uh, and again, also, fasara yafsiru can mean to separate, distinguish, or interrupt something. So the day interrupts your dunya and sends you to the akhirah. It's also the day of separation, as in it's going to separate tamyiz in al-khabith wa tayyib. It's going to separate and distinguish the pure and the filth, the good and the bad, the believers and the disbelievers. Also, fasara yafsiru means to judge or to settle a controversy. So all the controversies will be settled on that day. And Allah Ta'ala specifically mentioned earlier in ayah number three, you know, they're, talk, they're, they're asking questions about this day that they're differing themselves in, and you, everybody's differing about this day. Is there going to be a judgment day or not? When we think about it, is there a resurrection? And so Allah's saying, no, in the yawm al-fasli kan al-miqat. This is the day that's going to judge and settle all the controversies. And also, fasada yafsilu means to like wean off a child, so to separate the child from uh, uh, the mother. And so, wallah, you could say it's almost as if it's saying, stop being a baby and face reality. You know, one day you got to leave this dunya, you know, mother earth, quote unquote. But you have to, one day you're going to have to leave this dunya and you have to face your reality. And what does that mean? Your reality, you're going to have to face who you really are. Everybody has a very deluded concept of who they are, unfortunately. And you get to find out who you really are and truly look in the mirror on judgment day. Um, yes, the day of separation implies separating truth from falsehood or good from evil or the rich from their possessions or it could be the idolater from his idols or the mother from the child as is mentioned in, uh, I believe it's surah, beginning of surah Hajj if I'm not mistaken like even the, the mother will uh, give away her uh, or you know, d depart from her suckling child and of course the wicked leaders from their flocks you know, some people are attached to their leaders and even then they're going to have to depart and let go of their uh, these uh, evil leaders and recognize them for who they are as Allah Ta'ala says in Surah Baqarah, Ayah number 166 uh, And they should consider that when those who have been followed disassociate themselves from those who followed them and they all see the punishment and cut off uh, from them are the ties of relationships. So there's going to be a day where all the people who have all these followers, and I really find it you know, fascinating and important to remember that when you go online and on social media and you click on somebody, what do you become? You become one of their followers. And it's really quite important to remember that term because I'm following them. You know, and so if you, oh, I'm following these, these celebrities and those ones, what are they thinking? What are they saying? And where are they going? And tell me about their lives. I just want to be, a, imagine that day 
on Judgment Day when they all cut you off. I'm not going to give you success. I don't want anything to do with you. Get away from me. You followed me, you invested your life into me, and I'm going to give you nothing this day. You should have followed who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his guidance. You should have followed the Messenger and the guidance. You should have followed the righteous and their guidance and their goodness, subhanAllah. It's also interesting that uh, Judgment Day is described as the day of separation, uh, while the garden in the previous verse was described as entangled. We talked about this in the last uh, session. Perhaps Allah Ta'ala is emphasizing that this life is a place of things being mixed all together, and the next life is a place of distinguishing. We gave the example of the farmer. All the fruits are all mixed together, and you have to kind of separate through them and find the good ones from the bad ones. And the word kana, inna yawm al-fasri, kana miqata, it has been, it has always been. Kana miqata means it has always been and always will be appointed for a particular time. Therefore, the taunting of the disbelievers won't advance it. It's always been fixed. You can't say to yourself, why, what, what, where's this punishment? Come on, let's see it. Where is it? I want to see it happen. You know, all the taunting is, going, is not going to change anything. And the word miqat is very interesting because it comes from waqt, as we know. Waqt means time. And it's interesting that Allah Ta'ala mentioned everything in this dunya prior to this, all these different ayat. We're talking about what? We, we mentioned all these ayat earlier, the formation of the earth, the formation of mountains, the night, the day, the sun, the grain as it grows, the vegetation. All these things are what? They all have a time process. And so Allah Ta'ala is using them to attest to the fact that just as Allah created everything with a set time, so too Judgment Day has an appointed time. So SubhanAllah, you see how all the ayats previous to this, uh, they seem to be pointing to a certain direction. That look, everything has a time, everything has a process, and there is going to be this day. Miqat also implies fixed in terms of uh, place, time and place, uh, similar to the miqat of hajj. It's not just the time, but it's also the place. Uh, uh, and yes, the word miqata implies no change. No one can change his time. No one knows it other than Allah Ta'ala, and there is no point to ask for its advance or delay. There's also other ayat that are similar to it, like, inna yawm al-fasli miqatuhum ajma'een. Allah Ta'ala mentions in Surah Dukhan, ayah number 40, indeed the day of judgment or the day of separation or distinction is the appointed time for them all. Now what's interesting is that the word fasl itself, it only occurs nine times in the Qur'an. And and I'm not going to go through all of them, but I just want to mention that it's only mentioned one time as Faslul Khitab. Decisive speech talking about who? Dawud alayhi salam. Uh, uh, mentioned in Surah uh, 38, Surah Sa'd, ayah number 20. That he was given, this, he was given all these gifts, and one of his gifts were what? Faslul Khitab. This, this decisive speech. And then one time it's mentioned as Allah's decisive word. Kalimatul Fasl. That when Allah decrees something, that's what, what it's going to be. It's Allah's speech. Also, Qawlun Fasl, as is mentioned in Surah Tariq. Uh, Allah Ta'ala mentions it as the Qur'an, as Qur'an and Fasl. And then six times it's mentioned as Judgment Day. So the conclusion is what? This word Fasl implies what? That Allah Ta'ala gives very decisive decrees, and also His word, the Qur'an, is very decisive in its speech and in its clarity. And therefore we should learn it, and the more we adopt this Qur'an, we become upon the Sunnah of the Anbiya, similar to Dawud who specifically was a leader of his people. He was a king, and he was very powerful, and so he not only had decisive speech, but decisive leadership in the way he led his people. And then finally, we will be re rewarded, inshallah ta'ala, on the day of decision, the decisive day, Yawm Al-Qiyam, Yawm Al-Fasl. Then Allah Ta'ala says what? The day the horn is blown and you will come forth in multitudes. It's really interesting. So the word sur has the major opinion and the minor opinion. The major opinion is obvious because there's a hadith that accompanies it. So sur is what? The majority opinion is that it refers to the trumpet. 
and the trumpet that will be blown by Israfil that will destroy everything, and then the second blowing that will bring everything back to life. Abdullah ibn Amr says that that a Bedouin once asked, Ya Rasulullah, Masur, what is this sur that you are referring to or that Allah Ta'ala is referring to in the Quran? He said, a horn which is blown into. This is a Sahih hadith in a Tirmidhi. And it's interesting that the Prophet used the passive, Yunfakhu. And also Allah Ta'ala says in this ayah, Yawma Yunfakhu Fisur, that the day that the horn is blown into, why not just mention the day that the angel will blow into? Why not mention who's doing it? Why, both in the Quran and in the hadith, it's mentioned in the passive. The reason is, Wallahu Ta'ala A'lam, because it's highlighting the fact that humanity will have no idea what is going on, right? It's supposed to be, it's just all I know is that there's this. Tremendous shaking, this scary noise, everything is falling apart. This idea of, oh, I know who that is, like you're all calmly just like, oh, you know, this is expected. No, it's not going to be like that. It's going to be the unraveling of humanity, and humanity will not have seen the coming, and they will be panicking, and they will not really know fully what is happening. And so, subhanAllah, this is why the passive is used. It will be blown into. Uh, then there's a minority opinion, which I still find fascinating, which is that sur is the plural of surah. Not to be confused with surah. <laughs> so a surah is a surah of the Qur'an, plural being surah. Um, that's with a scene. With a sad, a surah is an image or a picture uh, uh, and or form. It could also mean like a sculpture. And so, wallahu ta'ala a'lam, it could be that this is a reference to all of our bodies after they have all passed away and we are all lifeless you could say bodies, all just lifeless forms, wallahu ta'ala a'lam, then the sur will be blown into, yawma yunfakhu sur so it's saying what? It's the plural of surah, that means the day that all of the inanimate forms, plural, will be blown into. In other words, all of the dead bodies will come back to life, they will be reanimated, if you will. I thought that was a very fascinating perspective, and uh, I don't know, I thought it was cool. But of course, we have to take a stronger one because uh, uh, clearly the Prophet described it as such. But wallah, maybe there is some truth to that as well, and Allah knows best. Now, uh, yes, it's interesting as well, there's iltifat here, that the, uh, each verse prior to this was speaking in the third person. Allah Ta'ala was saying, speaking in the third person, but now you find, subhanAllah, Allah changes to this second person. You, Allah says, are the day that the horn is blown into, and you people will come forth. You, plural, will come forth in multitude. So now Allah Ta'ala is speaking more directly. After giving all the evidences, speaking in general, you find that now Allah, Allah Ta'ala is getting more personal, saying, this is going to cut you off. This day is going to show up, and you will show up in multitudes. So that's uh, uh, um, really uh, fascinating. Also, you see a contrast. At the beginning, Allah Ta'ala was talking about how what? The disbelievers were resisting the truth of Islam and mocking and questioning, with, uh, mocking the way they were questioning the Prophet And now you find that Allah is describing, no, no, they're going to come willingly. There's a big difference between them co coming very stubbornly or very rudely towards the Prophet And then Allah says, no, the fa here implies what? Immediacy. The moment you get called, it's not like with the Prophet where he's calling you and you, I don't know, and let's joke about it. No, no. There's no debate in this issue. You have to come immediately. And coming in multitudes, subhanAllah, Allah Ta'ala mentions, that the day in which, uh, uh, the day we, call, uh, we will call forth every people with their imam. Some say this is their record of deeds. Some say this is their leaders, whoever they were following, and so on and so forth. It's very interesting to me, and I don't really have a reason. I can't, I don't have an explanation, but I do find it fascinating that in this dunya, Allah Ta'ala mentioned us as what? وَخَلَقَنَاكُمْ azwaja. We made you in these azwaj, in these different groups. And now you find what? يَوْمَ يُنْفَخُ فِي الصُّورِ فَتَأْتُونَ أَفْوَاجَ Azwaja, afwaja. Two different words describing our groupings. Azwaj for dunya, afwaj 
uh, these multitudes in uh, the afterlife being separated into our groups. I thought that was quite interesting. Uh, maybe there should be more commentary there, but maybe I didn't do my homework well enough to <laughs> find the reason. Well, I'll Adam. I just still find it fascinating. Now, also, it's interesting to note that after mentioning so much uh, 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 harmony and order, Allah Ta'ala mentions two things. First, the trumpet that creates disorder and disharmony, and then SubhanAllah, resurrection, and everybody comes back in their respective groups. So you find that, again, this contrasting, just like the previous ayat, we're talking about the lowlands and highlands, or nighttime and daytime, and this, you know, uh, the male and the female. All these different contrasts, you find that here we're finding what? There's going to be, afwaja, The complete uh, chaos and then complete order, SubhanAllah. Seems very interesting the um, uh, contrast between them. Also another related ayah is what? And on that day, the horn will be blown and uh, we will assemble them in one assembly. Now, there is one interesting comment that I think deserves to be mentioned. These, this is speaking about what? How people will come in different groups. And you find many Mufassirin talking about what? They're saying that uh, these could be based on different groups of your deeds, right? Based on, you know, these people were people who did this type of good deed or that type of good, afwaj, the different fawj, fawj is a group, afwaj are different groups. You get assembled based on your group. And I thought that, and I th well, first of all, that's fascinating, but secondly, that the very next ayah says what? وَفُتِحَةِ السَّمَاءُ فَكَانَتْ أَبْوَابًا And the heavens are opened up and will be opened up and will become gateways, abwab. And the reason why I, the, 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 the two seem to come together and Allah Adam, even though this doesn't seem to be, I didn't find it as a strong opinion, but I thought I might as well mention it because who knows, perhaps it is a valid perspective, that this could be a reference to the different abwab al-jannah, the different gates, because you're seeing the heavens open up or the skies above you, it's, 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 it's the abwab al-sama, it's this, the, 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 the gates of the sky. But still, the fact is that we are being divided based on our deeds, right? So if that is the case, then who knows? Perhaps this is a reference to the gates of paradise. How many gates of paradise are there? Eight. Does anybody know what they are? What are the gates of paradise? Babur Rayyan is one of them. Nice, nice, very nice. Babur Rayyan. Babur Rayyan, by the way, is for those who fast, fast. Asiyam, Babur Rayyan. And then another one. Anybody else? Babu Sadaqa is correct. Babu Sadaqa. Some people will enter paradise through the Babu Sadaqa because they gave a lot of money. So you guys got to figure out who am I going to be? <laughs> you know, am I going to be the guy that fasts often Mondays and Thursdays? You know, three middle uh, the white nights of the of the of the uh, month. Who, who? What do I want to do? So is it the, are you going to be the fasting guy? Are you going to be the, you know, there's got to be something. We all try to be balanced. We all want to be good in, in every way. But there's got to be something that you really hyper focus on, something that, you know, you're specialized at. Is it going to be siyam? Is it going to be sadaqah? What else? Babul salah. Yes, Babul salah is one of them. What else? Babul jihad. That's right. So we got four so far. What are we missing? No, there's no Babul hajj. Good guess. No, there is Babul ayman. Babul Ayman, meaning the right gate. And this is specifically referred to as those who get intercession. And I could go through the hadith in a little bit more uh, detail. But there's a specifically, I have the hadith here. I didn't know how, how long I want to take, but yeah. So that's the first one we talked about. That uh, uh, paradise has eight gates. One of them is called Arrayan, through which no one will enter but those who observe fasting. Then also, uh, the, the Prophet says, whoever gives two kinds of their property and charity Allah will uh, uh, for, for Allah's cause will be caused uh, will be called, excuse me, from the gates of paradise and will be addressed, O slave of Allah, here's prosperity. So whoever was among them, uh, amongst the people who used to offer their prayers will be called from Babu Salah. And then also, uh, and whoever was among the people who used to participate in jihad will, will be called from the Babu Jihad. 
min bab al jihad, I should say. And then uh, whoever was among those who used to observe fast will be from bab al rayyan, and those who used to give charity will be called from the bab bab al sadaqah. So we got those ones. And then, also, of course, there is the uh, the hadith, the mentioning what that the Prophet will intercede. An intercession would be which would be accepted. And I would then raise, the Prophet says, then I would raise my head and say, my Lord, my people, my people, ummati, ummati. Uh, and then, فَيُقَالُ It'll be said, يَا مُحَمَّدْ أَدْخِلِ الْجَنَّةَ مِنْ أُمَّتِكَ مَنْ لَا حِسَابَ عَلَيْهِ مِنَ الْبَابِ الْأَيْمَنِ That the Prophet, that uh, it'll be said to him, what? O Muhammad, bring in uh, by the right gate of paradise those of your people who would have no account to render. So, بَابُ الْأَيْمَنِ The right side is after the intercession. And then there's uh, two more, uh, two more, three, uh, no, a few more that we're still missing, which is one, which is what? أَلَا أَدُلُّكَ عَلَى بَابٍ مِنْ أَبْوَابِ الْجَنَّةِ قُلْتُ بَلَى قَالَ لَا حَوْلَ وَلَا قُوَّةَ إِلَّا بِاللَّهِ This is a Hassan hadith in Tirmidhi. Should I not direct you to a gate from amongst the gates of paradise? I said, oh, of course, O Messenger of Allah. And he said, لَا حَوْلَ وَلَا قُوَّةَ إِلَّا بِاللَّهِ This is a gate of paradise. لَا حَوْلَ وَلَا قُوَّةَ إِلَّا بِاللَّهِ So if you want to be of those who make this, this dhikr and remind yourself constantly that there is no change, there is no power, there is nothing moves except with the permission of Allah. Repeat this over and over again. May Allah Ta'ala make us of those who enter paradise from the gate of لَا حَوْلَ وَلَا قُوَّةَ إِلَّا بِاللَّهِ Then another one which is highly, highly neglected. And the fact that nobody knows it really shows just how neglected it is. The Prophet says what? Hassan Hadith in Tirmidhi as well. Al-walidu awsatu abwaab al-jannati fa-in shi'ta fa-adi' thalik al-baab aw ihfadhu. The father is the middle gate of paradise. So if you wish, then neglect that door or protect it. The Prophet says what? Your father. Yes, we know about how the Prophet was said, who should I be best to? And he, he responded, said, your mother, your mother, your mother. And then the third time was the father. But this is another hadith, which is very important for us to remember. The father is awsat, is the, is the central. In other words, you have to be what? Make sure show you show respect to the person who raised you, took care of you. This is highly, highly important. And then one last one. This one, I think, is more, uh, you know, uh, we try to use it regularly, inshallah. لِلْجَنَّةِ ثَمَانِيَةُ أَبْوَابٍ سَبْعَةٌ مُغْلَقَةٌ وَبَابٌ مَفْتُوحٌ لِلْتَوْبَةِ حَتَّى Jannah has eight gates, seven are locked, and one is open for repentance until the sun rises from the west. So one is Bab Tawbah, just the one who repents. So if you got nothing else, just turn back to Allah and repent if you didn't do anything good in your life. So those are the eight gates. I'll just remember, uh, mention them one more time to uh, recap, inshallah. Bab al-Salah, the gate of paradise. Bab al-Jihad, the gate of uh, warfare or fighting. Bab al-Rayyan, the, uh, the uh, gate of fasting. Bab al-Sadaqah. Uh, the gate of charity. Babul Ayman, the one that you receive after uh, um, intercession. Bab la hawla wa la quta billah, the gate of making this dhikr, of mentioning that Allah has all power and no change can happen without Him. Al Walidu, Al Awsat, or Babul Jannah, or you could say uh, the, the gate of the Father, and then Babat Tawbah. And Allah knows best. So those are, that's what I could find in terms of that. Final ayah we'll cover for today. Then Allah says what? وَفُتِحَتِ السَّمَاءُ فَكَانَتْ أَبْوَابًا So that's why I thought it would be relevant. Allah Ta'ala says, وَفُتِحَتِ السَّمَاءُ فَكَانَتْ أَبْوَابًا And the heaven, the heaven is opened and will become gateways. Now this ayah can be recited as فُتِحَتْ or فُتِحَتْ with the shadda, giving more emphasis. Either way, uh, this is the ayah. And the meaning is that the sky will open and the angels will come down in plain sight. This seems to be the most common interpretation that you will see that the sky 
rip open. And there are many ayat that talk about the sky ripping open. And you will see them become gateways for who? For the angels to come down and to collect the souls and to pull them up for judgment day. Another one is that or humans will be brought up for judgment and they will pass through these passages, these this, the skies, the gateways. And Allah knows best. This is contrasting the ayah, ayah number 12, which we covered where Allah Ta'ala says in this very same surah, uh, we built above them, what? Seven firm, seven firmaments, it's often translated. Meaning what? That the seven layers of heavens above us are so firm, we don't see anything uh, uh, broken. We don't see any cracks or fissures. And sometimes that's the way it is. That, subhanAllah, something is designed so that you don't see the door. I'll give an example. Right there, <laughs> we have a, a hidden door, right? And many people don't notice that there's a hidden door. It's designed to be something that is seamless. It looks like just a wall, as we see right over here. There's this sort of hidden door. But then when I open it up, people are like, oh my God, I didn't even see that door. I'm like, yeah, that's... In fact, some people ask me, how do you get up there? I never saw how you... Where's the, where's the entrance? And they don't know how I get up there, and there's this hidden door. So subhanAllah, it could be the case that, uh, uh, you know, this is something that we don't see. But subhanAllah, a, des- a door is designed to open. That's the whole point of a door, right? So Allah Ta'ala is letting us know, Yes, the skies seem very firm, but don't be deceived. It is designed to, at a certain time, crack and open. Just the same way a door has hinges in order to uh, open. This is very similar to the ayah in which Allah Ta'ala says in the surah right after this, surah uh, Nazi'at, ayah number six, يَوْمَ تَرْجُفُ rajifa, The day that the Quaker will quake, or the day that the shaker will shake. Allah is describing al-ard, the earth itself, as something that is supposed to shake. So it's not that this is out of the ordinary. This isn't the exception. This is the rule. The world is supposed to break down. Everything is supposed to fall apart. And so we have to accept that reality. Um, there are many ayat like this. And mention the day when the heavens will split open with emerging clouds. Allah also says what? Uh, 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 this is the day in which the angels and the spirit will ascend to him during a day the extent of which is 50,000 years describing what? going up and down this could be the gates that they go through Allah mentions in Surah Rahman ayah number 37 and when the heavens is when the heaven is split open and becomes rose colored like oil and there are many different ayat like this uh, as Allah says, And the heavens will split open for that day it, it will be infirm, and the angels are at its edges, and there will bear uh, and uh, there will bear the throne of your Lord above them that day, eight of them. SubhanAllah, it's interesting that there are gonna be these eight gates, and Allah Ta'ala is mentioning what? That bearing the throne will be these eight gates. Angels, wallahu ta'ala a'lam. This is similar to the ayah where Allah says, وَجَاءَ رَبُّكَ وَالْمَلِكُ صَفًا صَفًا in, in surah, number, uh, surah, surah Fajr, ayah number 22. And your Lord has come and the angels rank upon rank. So subhanAllah, all these different ayat talking about the skies opening up and, um, and uh, us seeing this reality of Judgment Day being established. The final point I'll mention is a lengthy, lengthy hadith, but I won't go through all of it. It's too lengthy. Uh, it's the hadith in which the Prophet describes Isra wal Mi'raj. This is one particular in Sahih Muslim. I just want to mention one portion of it that I'm sure we're all very familiar with. We've, we've heard many times, and Allah knows best. The Prophet mentions what? what? That when Jibreel took him to ascend to the first heaven, and this seems to be the case at every heaven, always the same sort of thing takes place, which is what? ثُمَّ عَرَجَ بِنَا إِلَى السَّمَاءِ فاستفتح جبريل فقيل من أنت؟ قال جبريل قيل ومن معك؟ قال محمد قيل وقد بعث إليه؟ قال قد بعث إليه ففتح لنا فإذا أنا بآدم فرحب, فرحب بي ودعا لي بخير 
that this is just mentioning the first heaven, but it goes on and on to other ones as well, and the same sort of pattern takes place. But I'll just mention the first one, which is that when uh, the Prophet was taken to the first heaven, what happened? He says, then he, Jibreel took me to the heaven, the first one. Jibreel asked of the gatekeeper to be open. He asked, can it be open? You could say like knocking on the door, in whatever way he does. He requests uh, entrance. And he was asked, uh, 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 you know, who is this? He replies, this is Jibreel. Then he says, who's with you? He says, Muhammad. And he says, has he been sent for? He says, yeah, uh, he has indeed been sent for. And then the door opens and, uh, uh, and then in front of us was Adam salam, and he welcomed me and he prayed for my well-being. He prayed for goodness for me. So subhanAllah, this is just very interesting. Why? Because Allah Ta'ala in this particular hadith is mentioning what? That they're talking about the seven heavens, going up these seven heavens, and each one having a gate and passing through these gates. And so I thought it was relevant. Why? Because Allah Ta'ala is talking about the gates of heaven. So with that, inshallah Ta'ala, we close. And I hope, inshallah, you guys have some interesting comments. Uh, May Allah Ta'ala make us of those who can continuously think about, ponder upon, appreciate this Qur'an. Ameen, Rabbil Alameen. Jazakallah khair. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh.